And welcome back, everybody, to the Freaking Awesome Podcast, and this is episode 23. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> let's kill that bass head. Alright, let's do this. I'm on the air, we on the air, we got this pockets flow. It's me and Tony on the mics, we gotta let you know. Of current events, little gaming, sprinkling some entertainment. We stay humble, but our mom still thinks we're famous. Turn up the bass and baby, maybe let that magic flow. Our spoken word is all the things you really wanna know having a good time on the show t bows and maddie g tune in and hit subscribe and join us on the fap welcome everyone to the freaking awesome podcast i am your host anthony and sitting across from me is the technical whiz of the getting down biz maddie g and today on our show, we welcome a man that is a master of many skills. He's no stranger to the multiple facets of the media and production, including indie recording industry, uh, an executive producer on Amazon, Amazon Prime's Dark Dramedy, Morty, and uh, director for the upcoming film E-Listers, ladies and gentlemen, Michael Mueller. Michael, thank you very much for joining us today. Hey, how's it going, guys? I'm super excited to be here. I've been really looking forward to uh, talking with you guys. Right on. So um, we're going to uh, jump into our news. Um, do you want me to lead this one, Matt? Yeah, go okay, ahead. Lead perfect. it off, buddy. Uh, so I have got uh, a humorous little uh, piece out of Australia. Um, the title of the news was Pig Steals Camper's Beer, Gets Drunk, and Starts Fight with a Cow. Yes. Yeah. Wait, so, wait, who stole the beer? <laughs> a, a wild pig. Stole the beer. Yep. I don't know. Like, is this, okay, does that have, like, is this a, is this a, like, a, a thing because of the fires? Is, like, everything going crazy? <laughs> They're super thirsty. Yeah, right. <laughs> Who knows? I, I, well, yeah. it, it, it's not uh, super conclusive, but let me, uh, let me tell you what the article is roughly about. Um, so in Australia, a, a wild pig had gotten into the sauce and got a little drunk and started a fight with his barnyard buddy, a cow. Uh, it all started when some Kaler's campers had left out their supply of hooch, uh, 18 cans of beer to be precise. Wow. And, uh, the arrogant pig decided to, uh, help himself to the, uh, sudsy stash. Uh, the campers at uh, Port Hedland uh, near DeGray River were tucked away into their tents at night when, uh, next thing they know, uh, the uh, the feral porker was uh, snout deep into their beer. Uh, as soon as the uh, the pig basically got through all the cans, he started exhibiting some pretty bad manners <laughs> and uh, started um, picking on a nearby cow. After he was uh, basically done tormenting the cow, he went over to the local garbage bins and started rooting through for a late-night snack. When he was finally done, he decided uh, to cause a little pandemonium in the campsite, uh, took a dip in the river, and passed out in front of, of, in front of a tree. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> it's like, I know a lot of people who do something very similar to this. That's like, I, I have so many questions right now. <laughs> yeah. like, I have so many questions. Because I'm like one of the, I'm, I'm a real strategic and logic thinker. So when I start hearing uh, about pandemonium and chaos, I just, it's uh, the questions just start lining up. Because I feel like the story is like, it's super descriptive. And I mean, they have it down to how many beers this pig drink. But my first question is, who is watching this? And just letting it all happen <laughs> to tell the whole story, right? Like, yep. who? Like, that, that's the first. That's the first question. That, then I guess the second question would be, you know, well, 
what's the tolerance that a pig has for beer? I mean, that's a good like, question. How, how, yeah. do you, how many does? How many? How many beers does it take? And how you know is someone giving the pig a breathalyzer at this point? <laughs> clearly, he ex- like you know. <laughs> clearly, he exceeded at eighteen cans. <laughs> now they didn't yeah. even describe if and, it was a tall boy can or not. <laughs> oh. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I need to know was it was it was it a high end premium beer that has you know like a higher alcohol <laughs> like a Canadian beer it, right or was or was it a light beer that's like you know three percent alcohol like well there's some factors that are going on here and I think the whole time while I was listening to it I just was picturing like could you imagine like a police officer interviewing all the suspects of everybody <laughs> what's going on it's just like. <laughs> you start thinking about the wild, like how crazy the story is. So, like, why not? Let's let's throw in a police officer interviewing all, all the animals. Excuse me, like, sir. Uh, their side of the story. Point, point point to us on this doll where that pig touched you. Yeah. <laughs> I know, right? You know, I would have loved that if there were some more photographs and stuff of it on the off chance that there was a bunch of like. Uh, Foster's cans or something around there. Yeah. Not, not to make it any more stereotypical, but like <laughs> there is like crazy animal stuff that seems to always happen out of Australia. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's wild. So <laughs> yeah, I, I was... guess it's something with them being down under. I guess that's just you know it might be in the water. Who knows? Maybe in the beer. Who knows? It's, it's <laughs> I love probably it. their their region of the country. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Remember that movie Varsity Blues? Yep. Didn't didn't Billy yes. Bob have a pig that was always drinking beer? Uh, the, one of the coaches, yeah, the the uh, the big. Uh, no, it was one of the, the players. No, wasn't it the big guy? He was yeah, player, Billy Bob. Oh, was he a player? Oh, I thought yeah. he was like a manager or something. Anyways, yeah, yeah, yeah it just yeah. reminds me of that. <laughs> Make a good commercial, right? Yeah. Foster's making people mental since nineteen eighty five. That was really. I, you know what they could do is they could literally take that article as a script for the commercial <laughs> and then just at the very end of it come in with the with their with their logo and, and fosters in a beer can like and boom you're done. Like you don't even have to do anything. That's actually brilliant. Who wouldn't want to go yeah, who wouldn't want to go drink a beer <laughs> with his pig, that kind of habit, right? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually the the sad news was is uh, the the pig actually got up and uh, later that day got hit by a car. What? <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. There was a follow-up? There was a follow-up That's to it. That's terrible. Yeah. And and then it turned no. out that that pig actually had a name, and it was something weird like Snoodles or Snoodly or something like that. But uh, yeah, he was well known for his markings, <laughs> okay. and, and he got hit by a car, it which I'm in... sure was also alcohol-related. Beer-flavored bacon sounds pretty <laughs> awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Again, the follow-up story is just generating questions. Yeah. I, it, I can't help it. Right? What hit him? I can't help it. It's just a, like, how is someone, how does, like, I've never even seen a pig wandering in the country even. Like, <laughs> Drunk. It's not like they're, they're, they're yeah, like. It's not like they're a fast animal. Like it's not like if your dog gets out and you know you got to chase your dog and it's running down the road or a deer <laughs> that's running down the road. But like, I've never in my life seen a pig loose. Like, I've, I've I haven't heard even some seen wild loose, pigs can be pretty wandering. fast and vicious. Yeah, yeah. So imagine he was hit by a Toyota Yaris and the family of four died. Peck was fine. <laughs> <laughs> Delorean yeah. ripped through him like tinfoil. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! Oh boy! <laughs> All right. What right. part of Australia? Do we have what part of Australia this is? Like, is it just like a really slow news day over there? Or what? <laughs> right. Like, I don't know. Port Hedland. I'm not sure where exactly. Uh, near the 
DeGray River. So, I don't know. I'm yeah, not, I never. I'm not sure what area that is. Me neither. But, yeah. That's interesting. It's all. We yep. always find the I craziest shit. Don't. Yep. <laughs> all right. Here's, what do you got, Matt? So my story reads, uh, so Pornhub being sued by deaf man over lack of captions. <laughs> oh. So, true story. True story. People will sue over anything. <laughs> so a deaf man who can't wow. get off the fact that there's no subtitles during his enjoyment of adult films has decided to launch a lawsuit against Pornhub over the issue. The New York Post reported uh, Yaroslav Suri of Brooklyn, New York, has filed a class action lawsuit against Pornhub, stating that the lack of closed captioning violates his rights under the Americans with Disabilities Act because he can't interpret the sounds of moaning and skin slapping in porn flicks. <laughs> like the action isn't Whoa. enough, he needs to have the captioning. Yeah, he's got to have that little star with the actual sound it's making. Oh. Yeah. How descriptive can those <laughs> words get? Oh, this article gets I better. Know, I want to know the lawyer who decided to take right? it. <laughs> right? Shapiro who, and Shapiro. Like, yep. how, and, how many, and how many attorney's offices he went to before someone was like, <laughs> you know what? I think we have something here. It's I New York. It probably doesn't take much. <laughs> yeah. This guy called Saul. Yep. Uh, so, (laughs) in the lawsuit, Suri claims, uh, he viewed a number of sexually explicit videos on Pornhub, uh, which included such titillating titles. They even had his, they, they, he brought his history into, into the suit. So hot, hot step aunt babysits disobedient nephew, family therapy, 18 year old blonde stripper, Samantha, uh, lesbian action, dirty talk and sex cop gets witness to talk. So, well, I guess oh you'd need subtitles at that. <laughs> Suri also claims he signed up for the premium service, um, which features millions of videos. According to the United States Department of Labor, the Americans with Disabilities Act forbids discri- discriminating against individuals with disabilities in the areas of employment, transportation, public accommodations, communications, and access to state and local government programming services. Um, though the law, uh, so oh, where does that fall? Right, that, and that's what I said. I was reading it, so there's a little. So, qui- what, so what part? What part of this site? Falls it's it's one an. I guess it's an essential crazy. service. I, I, <laughs> it is. It is. Yeah. yeah. Well, actually, it's, oh. there's a little quip at the end here. So. Um, uh, anyways, yeah. So th- through the lawsuit, Suri Siegel, he's seeking financial compensation, civil penalties, and fines. Uh, he wants Pornhub to to pay fines. So, so this is the thing. So Corey Price, um, which is the vice president of Pornhub, was was interviewed about it. And typically, this guy doesn't like he doesn't comment about lawsuits. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was saying. We'd just like to take this opportunity to point out that we do actually have a whole closed captions category. Yeah. So it already exists. <laughs> so he was just going to the wrong stuff. Exactly. Ah. Just not his oh, taste. Yeah. Well, and, that, well, and maybe that layer that lies the problem, right? Maybe his perverted tastes aren't within that, uh, that category. I, I, get, I mean, that's what, I'm, that's what I would speculate. Yeah. Well, the other question, the other question is, did he – ever make an attempt to like contact them to see if it was like, Hey, you know, I got that. Like, did he try to resolve it with the company first before, you know, taking legal action and, you know, like what, there's just so, Ooh, like, so many different questions. Like, like, did you just like say, Oh, that's it. I'm done. I gotta, I gotta file a lot. Like what's the process that leads to that? I, I wonder I mean? if he was hoping that uh, Pornhub would send out an interpreter. 
and, 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 and sign to him while you do it. Yeah. <laughs> but it had to be female. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was the angle, maybe. That's hilarious. I see it. I see it. That's yeah. his settlement. Yeah. That's his flopper. settlement. That's his settlement every time he wants to go. But she has to look at him disapprovingly. <laughs> Wags her finger while yeah. she's in turn. <laughs> oh, that's good. <laughs> oh, wow. What do you okay. got, Tony? People will sue for anything. Um, all right. So my next article was uh, the title reads, Driver Test Positive for Every Drug During a Police Stop. <laughs> Just all the drugs? <laughs> awesome. Yep. Uh, all of them. Yeah. All of them. So Spanish driver uh, astounded police this weekend when he was found to be under the influence of every drug officers could check for. <laughs> On, on Saturday, police near the town of uh, Carcastillo uh, pulled over a car carrying six people, all piled on top of each other, not wearing a seatbelt. That's already a great sign. Right? Uh, the passengers all appeared to be drunk, uh, as did the driver. But when the officers tested the man, they realized that he had been doing more than just drinking. Um, as well as the illegal level of alcohol, high levels of cannabis amphetamines, methamphetamines, cocaine, and opiates were all found in the man's system, making it surprised that he could even drive at all. <laughs> Holy shit. Or function. <laughs> <laughs> right? Um, the local police tracked the oh, car. Wait, so they pulled over. so they pulled over Ozzy Osbourne? <laughs> right. right? <laughs> uh, the local police, it, it gets, it gets oh, even I more interesting. Mick Jagger. I don't Uh The local police tracked the car after receiving a tip from a neighbor um, that around 8.30 a.m. local time... 8.30 in the morning? <laughs> ...told the multiple people had loaded into the car and clearly were driving under the influence of alcohol. <laughs> uh, in total, there were four men and two women squeezed into the car, all the age of uh, 26 to 29. Uh, the, the driver was fined uh, 2,000 euros, which is like, I don't know, 20... 20 250 or something like that. Yeah. Um, American. Uh, half of the fine was for f- failing the alcohol test. The other half were failing the other drugs. Are you telling me that failing a test for methamphetamines or, or cocaine is less than alcohol? Dude, that's crazy. Like, okay, so up here, <laughs> um, Mike, you're in the States, right? So up here, we yeah, just yeah. We, we just passed a law where um, if you get caught texting and driving, $10,000 fine. You you could potentially... we have a uh, in Atlanta we we have a well in the state of Georgia we have uh we have a, a hands free law but I I don't know what the fine is and I haven't I'm sure I've yet to hear of someone who has gotten a ticket for it and I've never heard like what the now I want to look I'm gonna have to see what yeah, the fine good. is it's good that you think... haven't but I, here it's crazy like yeah. well um, I think they just overwrote that and now put it that you can't even talk while in the car. Like you can't you can't be on hands free devices anymore. What? Yeah. Okay, and, I didn't and, read and that. Like you can't have a coffee, you can't have any drinks, and uh, forget a cheeseburger. There's there's fines for even having a cheeseburger in the car. <laughs> Man, we're gonna have to eat. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. That is. Well, I mean, the the, the thing is, is like, what if I had my wife feed me the cheeseburger? <laughs> I'm not distracted. I'm looking straight ahead. Just eat it with your butt. Oh, here I just in Georgia. Uh, our, the, Georgia, the first offense is fifty dollars. The second is a hundred dollars, and the third is a hundred and fifty dollars uh, for your third. Okay, offense. so that's like so, we got ten thousand dollars, and you lose your car. <laughs> I, I'm not. I'm not condoning it. I'm not condoning it no, by no. by saying this, but that's kind of reasonable. Like ten thousand, it's like 
Now I owe more than my car payment. Yeah. In uh, $10,000, I just say keep the car. Yeah. You know, the just depreciated value, now my car isn't probably worth that. Is it, is, it, is it saying that it – is it one of those laws that says it could be up to 10000 or it is 10000 No, it, like, it's, it's up it's to, a, so yeah. I'm guessing that that's worst case, but still like – Yeah, but – even on that amount, I'm guessing they start at probably two, three thousand. So, so if you'd like maybe type the letter high, it's fifty bucks. But if you had a full conversation, it's ten thousand. <laughs> oh, maybe they're not... charging by the letter. <laughs> that, oh, that'd be terrible. <laughs> yeah. I and I, I just feel like that's a like I feel like it's a difficult like sometimes like I know there's people that are you blatantly see them uh, texting and driving and their heads down or whatever yeah. like. Mm-hmm. But in some cases, I feel like it it could be questionable. Like, because I see bad drivers that aren't texting on the phone; they just don't know how to drive. You know what I mean? Like they're, totally. They're swerving. They're, they're, they're like, just old and be having a, a stroke. Car, I'm behind, and it's yeah. Like I'll be behind a car; it'll be swerving, and then like I'll pull up on the side of them. Like I bet you they were texting on their phone, and they don't even have a phone inside. Like there's, there's nothing there. I'm like, just what like, the shit? And, nope, just two children yeah, driving like, the car. <laughs> Nothing to see here. One's pushing the gas and one's cheering. Man, okay, so like um, I hate it when people do it in drive-thrus. That is like – don't get me wrong. They shouldn't be doing it, blah, blah, blah. blah, No, but like when when they're doing it in drive-thrus and like the people in front of them have gone, right? They're like five, ten seconds because I feel bad for the poor employees because they get time done how quickly people go. And I notice it all the time now. Yeah. So – yeah, I, I feel like if you're in a drive-through and you don't have your money ready by the time you get up to the window, I want to pull you out of your car and throw you to the side. So, and that's not just like driving rage; that's just like you're inconsiderate to everybody. Yeah, yeah. 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 Oh, see, I, if it, the per, if I'm in a line, say it's a red light or at a drive-through, and uh, the line moves up in the car in front of me or two cars in front of me, they have about three seconds to let me see that brake light start rolling off before I'm on my horn. <laughs> like, I don't have toot. any... <laughs> yeah, I'm like, hey, no, it's like, I'll... And I lay into it. Like, it's not like a little honk. It's like... <laughs> yep. it's <at> least like, <laughs> like Dumb and Dumber when he asks if you I, want to hear will, the most annoying sound I in the world. Lay on, <laughs> I will lay on the horn until I real until they finally take the foot off the brake and start moving. Nice. So <laughs> I feel like as if, otherwise they're not... They obviously don't hear it if they, you know, if they're not doing, it's not causing them to move. But I think I, I may have a little bit more patience with people in, in a in the drive-through line than at a red light. The red light thing, it because it, sometimes, like especially in the turning lane, for some reason here we have like the the turning signal lane last the light lasts two seconds. So mm-hmm. it's like if everybody in the turning lane isn't on their A game, like, dude, you're going to get stuck at the light after you've already been waiting at the light. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Nothing infuriates me more than being three cars back and not getting through. Right? (laughs) On an advanced? Yep. Oh, Oh, I know. Oh, dude, I I share that pain with you. I I absolutely hate that. Yeah. You know, there is a flip side to this. When I was in New York, I could not believe that when the light turns green, if you're not halfway through the intersection – about 40 cars behind you all hit their horn simultaneously. It is the weirdest oh, thing in the New world. New York is a different New York is a different um it's a different breed of of traffic and people. Like when the very first time uh me and my wife visited New York and you know everywhere else you kind of like 
use the the do not walk and walk signs as oh it's it's not necessarily law as much of it is just like oh it's kind of like a guideline <laughs> suggestion like, yeah. Know, we, yeah we don't but in new york it's it's like it's dead serious like when that thing turns red because they know the cars are like at the damn nascar race like as soon as their <laughs> light turns green they're yeah. off the line and everyone dead stops like at red and then as soon as it hits green it's like 50 people crossing the street. Yeah. And it was like, you, you didn't like, Oh, try to run across, like making it because it was like, you know, it was two seconds red. Like, no, dude, you get ran. Yeah. Over. Like, you yeah. know what? This finally like, makes sense to me. This conversation is brought to light. When, when you look at a car in their commercials and they state, you can go from zero to 60 in 2.3 seconds. I now know why. Yep. It's I'm from like, New York. Who the hell yeah, needs to go zero to sixty in point three seconds? New York, Autobahn, yeah. and New York. Yep, <laughs> that's awesome. The, 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 the part that they the part they don't share is like you also have to go from sixty to zero in an additional two seconds once you cross the street. <laughs> yeah. Those are the tire commercials. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah that's a Michelin. Yeah, that's the Michelin commercial. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Oh. All right, Matt, what else you got? All righty. So a man finds his own grave at cemetery after his ex-wife put it there. So a man was shocked <laughs> to find his own grave at a cemetery despite being very much alive. Alan Hattel said he was worried by the fact that nobody had phoned him for three to four months and couldn't figure out why. Now he believes that people thinks he, think, thinks that he died and he wants them to know the truth. He blames his ex-wife for putting the gravestone there, uh, though admits he cannot be certain. Alan, 75, a retired welder from Four Far Tayside. This is actually in um, um, Scotland. Oh, okay. So, um, yeah, he said, my phone hasn't rung for three to four months. I've been confused by it all, but uh, now I know uh, why nobody's been calling at least. Um, And besides, I don't even want to be buried. I want to be cremated. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> throws it out there in the news article Scott, slow day in Scotland wow. so he uh, he just wanted to declare to everybody that he's still alive um, and that uh, the, 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 the reports of his death had been greatly exaggerated um, so <clears throat> going a little off script here apparently because I, I read a lot more than, than kind of what was script thing again why <laughs> <laughs> um, do I ever get this yeah yeah it's, it's a thing um, so he, I guess his wife, his ex-wife, when they broke up, mm-hmm. bought the plot of land. Yeah. Okay. And uh, just just before they broke up, they broke up. She kept the plot of land. He knew this, yeah. right? And um, she's obviously done this. They, they, they've been broken up for years and years yeah. and years, but this this thing went up like three years ago. Yeah. Officially, he's dead to me. <laughs> <He's> dead. <laughs> they have kids together. Yeah. Right? And uh, he shows up and... And the cops are like, "Sorry, we we can't we can't do anything. Like they can't do anything yeah. about it because she owns the land." Yep. So, I guess that she's allowed to keep it there, and he can't fight it. Do you know what? I I would actually look at this as a, a blessing in disguise. Personally, I would be like, "You just spent thousands on a plot and a, a stone. Like the headstone <laughs> alone is worth a ton." Oh, and so he... I'd just be like. Hey, thanks. I'm just so you know, I'm gonna buried here. Okay, so the if head not, I'm gonna take a dump in that hole. The headstone was beautiful. Yeah, but her name was at the bottom. Okay, so dump in the <laughs> hole. <it is>. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, isn't that yeah. like the ultimate fuck you? Like, yeah, it's, it's pretty smart actually, <laughs> right? Yeah. So, so, but here's the so so people stopped contacting him, and they 
uh, he was so they because they thought he was dead because of this plot, right? Yeah, or this headstone. Yep. There was but, probably an obituary somewhere and, too. <laughs> but here, so you know, I always tell this to people: like communication is a two-way street. Like you right? got, it, it, <laughs> four months ago, you call your kids. What, why? What stopped him from calling people? Like, what stopped him from calling people? <laughs> The internet. Yeah, unfortunately, everybody's, like, everybody's I, I, antisocial I, now. My Skype was down. Yeah, I yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, no one's called me in four weeks. Well, who did you call me? <laughs> well, what, what the hell are we talking about here, guys? It's such a weird thing. Like He's just old and cranky, right? Eh, my kids never come by. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Totally. Yeah. Well, uh, forget it. I'm not calling them. <laughs> See how they like it. Stubborn Scotsman. <laughs> that is insane, man. That's just like, where's the cuck? Where's right? people's, excuse me, logic and comment? Like, yeah, like if I haven't heard, like if I haven't heard from somebody, especially like a loved one or someone I care about or just, you know, a friend in general that I'm used to hearing from on a regular basis, I would say, you know, so-and-so hasn't called me uh, in, in – let me call and check Four on months. them make, yeah. and make sure they're okay. You know what I mean? Like that guy's just as inconsiderate as the people not calling him. 100%. 100%. If, if my kids – if I hadn't heard from my kids in, in like 24 hours, I'm going to be like, something's wrong. Yeah. 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 <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Oh, wow. Wow. So I, I thought that was just an odd story. Yeah, totally. That's crazy. The headstone's beautiful. Uh, well, I, I think you guys are on a roll because I haven't heard a story that wasn't odd yet. We do a lot of work for looking for these things. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Excellent. So, uh, Michael, uh, tell us. Uh, so you are um, – I kind of want to say uh, I don't even know where to start at this point. Sometimes, like when you've got so many different facets uh, that you have kind of uh, dabbled or worked in. Um, you know, I, I read that you uh, had started off in kind of a little bit of a an indie music industry. And yeah, then... so yeah, it's it, that, I guess if you really want to break it down to like where things started, it came from uh, like in 2005. Um, I did an internship for at the time uh the biggest um or the the most popular morning show in atlanta uh, on radio so um it kind of really put me in tune with a lot of different uh relationships and connections and um it kind of led me into uh managing up-and-coming um artists and getting to work with a lot of people uh which led me into the the media piece because as a as an an indie manager or just an uh, for an artist that's you know you're trying to break their career mm-hmm. uh, they don't really have like uh the financial means or the budget to to get like just the basic necessities like getting a website up getting some 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 decent photos and getting some good uh you know some decent graphics and uh video Mm-hmm. So, you know, I bought some basic necessities, nothing super high end, and kind of just taught myself uh, the skills I needed to at least get them some type of uh, presence online and through, you know, having different types of, you know, whether it's video or whatever is needed. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you saw that kind of niche and, and, and you're like, oh, this totally needs to be filled in this area. Yeah, well, it, well, the thing was, is like once I started doing that, and it kind of just kept going on, and I, I was um, constantly 
putting money into it and I wasn't like the music industry is it's it's just super well I think any just entertainment as well I don't want to just put it as music but just entertainment as whole is just a, it's a very cutthroat very tough business um and it, it's like I had to I was just dumping this money into it and I had to start at least trying to recoup it somehow. So what I started doing was soliciting uh, my, my media services to other artists that I didn't necessarily manage, but they needed the service. Um, And that's kind of like where it, where it took off for me in that aspect. Okay. So perfect. So like you're looking at uh, kind of the music and you come up with the multimedia and, and uh, advertising and then, you're like, hey, we we could do like videos. Like you start getting into like shooting a music video at this point. Yeah, so it definitely um, going into about like like 2008, 2009 is really when I started. I would say 2009 is probably where I, I started going into more of the the music, uh, directing music videos, producing music videos um, for artists and bands, and you know, wide variety of uh different genre music and then in 2011 i had somebody hire me to uh shoot or produce and film a uh a marriage proposal in the form of uh of in the form of a a movie trailer and what we did was we played that uh, uh movie trailer in the theater before the movie uh, Fast Five played with the girl in the audience and we secretly captured her reaction to it and it just went like... Was that the one that went like, viral? Back, yeah, that, uh, yeah, it's the where where he comes in at the end of it and he proposes and yeah. everyone in the theater cheers. Yeah, so, yeah, so I, I produced and directed that. I did all the production work on it um, and the... Like, it was just like... All of a sudden, I was in the business of doing surprise videos and engagements, and and which led me into uh, the wedding industry, which was never anything like on my radar. Um, but it's a very lucrative industry. I mean, yeah, so, that's anybody awesome, who's ever gotten married knows how much money's there. Yeah. <laughs> hey, did you ever yeah, do yeah, any yeah, like yeah. weird surprises? Like surprise, you're lactose um, intolerant. <laughs> <laughs> no, well okay so like the, the closest the closest the, the closest i would say this is more fucked up than ah, uh yes. anything <laughs> yep uh is the most fucked up proposal that we did so like matt the matt still the guy that initially hired me to do um his proposal in 2011 we ever since then like we we grew into being great friends and we we've worked and kind of teamed up on a lot of other uh surprises and we were actually a part of uh making the surprise announcements uh for for our kids and everything like we it was just like a thing that we we really uh have fun doing and it's always like every time we get to every time we get to the table it's like how do we how do we take it to the next level so we had uh we had a client come to us and you know he wanted to do he was like you know here's my budget um you guys have, you're wide open, do like, let's do it big or whatever. And it was the most work I ever put in on any surprise project, but we, we faked a helicopter malfunction to where the soon to be fiance thought, thought, 
thought that the airplane was going, or I'm not sorry, the airplane, the helicopter was going down. And this was like in downtown Atlanta on <laughs> like they were going into land. They were going into land on top of the Weston hotel in downtown Atlanta. And all of a sudden the, the pilot hits this alarm and it's ringing off and she starts shaking the helicopter back and forth. And she's like, we have an engine out. We have, but the thing is there's only one engine on a helicopter. Yeah. So if it was one, there wasn't, there's not like a backup keeping it up. There. Yeah. I mean, so, um, so this is all going on. And like, we have, we had the helicopter wired to where you could have where we wired the mics into the headsets that they wear inside the helicopter. Nice. So we could capture the audio of what was being said. And um, th- so like, th- and they have a bunch of kids. So like when, when this started going, it was just like the, the fear in her, like it was like, that's why I said it was like fucked up because like it genuinely scared the living shit out. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I can oh, see, well, I can see, see the, it was a very point it, to that, right? <laughs> It'd be like, yeah, well, you survived that. Clearly wedding at this point would be nothing. <laughs> Will you marry me? So, yeah. Well, so this is how it goes into it. So, like, they finally land uh, our 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 groom-to-be. It, he gets out. He, he's acting as if he's in a frantic, and he's just, like, terrified. And he, like, leans down like he's going in to capture his breath. And she comes over to console him. And then that's when the whole proposal happened. And it happened on top of the roof of the West End in downtown. You know, you have like the whole skyline of the city in the background. I mean, it was just like super like crazy. Like, yeah, that's awesome. Thing. That's, that's, uh, yeah, that, well I could spent. definitely see that being like a weird one, right? Because yeah, like, she said, yes, money well spent. Yeah, yeah. totally. Yeah. But like having a traumatic, yeah, so, night, she's got PTSD now. Yeah, for, yeah totally. For, yeah. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, she still goes to a psychiatrist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was like, it was like three or four years ago. They're married know? now, so, so it, it, she's covered under his benefits. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So oh, it's just like, you know, it was, it was great though because at first I was like, dude, I don't even know how I can explain this to like the helicopter rental company yeah. that <laughs> worked with us on it. Like it was like a lot of very odd conversations about, cause you know, first and foremost, they're, they're going to, you know, safety is going to be their number one yes. thing and anything, you know, they, they have a brand and image to protect. So it, it, it's, it's, it's very awesome that they were as open to the idea um, and really didn't, give us any um did not really give us a tough time about it we actually had a tougher time getting our cameras through um the weston hotel oh because they just yeah well see the weston hotel it's it's upscale it's one of the ups more upscale hotels in atlanta so um well it's like not the west i'm sorry the w which is i don't it's a lot of like it, it. A lot of celebrities stay at it, so they have like this very strict no um, camera type uh, policy okay. and rules. So, so like we, because what we did, we tried to structure it to where, um, like we had someone in the lobby that was watching them check in. So we like tracked their whole path through the, the whole thing. And if you guys, if you guys go out on like YouTube or you, it's called a proposal to die for. Okay. So that's awesome. Know what I'm doing tonight? So, you know what? People do crazy you know. stuff when you tell them it's for like a proposal, though. I could yeah. be like, "Yeah, I'm going to come back later and rob this jewelry store. It's for a proposal." They go, like, oh, "Take what you need." 
I'll bring it back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, that's I crazy, man. Borrow it. I'm going to bring it right back. I promise. I swear I'm bringing it right back. I promise. <laughs> you know, so that, that, I mean, from there, I just really got catapulted into doing a lot of, uh, a lot of weddings and, um, which is, it's a really, it's a really rewarding experience being able to, uh, you know, capture someone's big day. It's like one of the, the, the biggest days they will remember. Um, so being able to capture that in a cinematic format and kind of give them their own, you know, little short film of that day. It's always, um, it's always a pleasure doing that. Yeah, that it's, yeah, definitely. It's a totally, it was totally funny. Um, to, to, well, first of all, to, to actually hear like your, your music industry into wedding and, and film and and now into like producing and directing. Like it's kind of right, a, a right. very interesting uh, like curve. If, if you were to look at your career on a, like you'd totally be like one of those uh, bell curve uh, graphs. Yeah. Right? yeah. <laughs> and, In a good way. It's yeah, really yeah, cool. Totally. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, you know, if someone, if you asked me and if, if you would tell me in 2005, like, yeah, by 2020, you'll be directing movies or, you know, films or, or series or episodic things. I would have laughed at you. I would have just, but it, it wasn't even um, on the radar at that point. Um, and mainly just because I was like, well, I never went to film school. I never like at that time, the gear to, to do what we're to get the type of quality that we're able to get now wasn't anywhere near anything that I could afford then. Um, but the DSLR and the digital game uh, from that started back in uh, 2009, it's just gotten better and better and better and it became more affordable. So um, in 2015, I, I came to the realization that, no matter how great of a wedding I shoot, no matter how great of a, of a music video I do, regardless of who I do it with, because I, I, like, I've shot in videos with Young Jock, Kilo Ali. I've done parties with Big Boy from Outkast. Mm-hmm. I did all these things, and it, there was still nothing that was in there that said a studio or a big-time producer is going to come and give me a budget mm-hmm. to make a film or hire me to direct a movie because at the end of the day i didn't have that in my resume it didn't matter if i i could do it or not i didn't have anything that showed i could do it so what i ended up doing in 2015 was starting like a a, it was an indiegogo fundraiser um for my first short film that i co-wrote and directed um it was like it's a it was 32 page script and i had such a overwhelming amount of support where people you know they donated money they donated time they don't donated resources uh you know everything just really it was like the first time in my life all because i'm from milwaukee i live in atlanta i moved here in 2000 it was the first time ever in my life that every single path crossed each other from like my family life to uh, my professional life to my extended family life. It was like everybody came together um, to help me shoot that film in a three-day weekend that took just an enormous amount of planning. And then we did, uh, we shot it in February of, um, was it 2016, 2017? And then that following in that summer, we did a big red carpet premiere. 
um, at a theater in Atlanta. Um, and just, again, a whole another night of just people coming out and supporting the art and, uh, you know, being there. So like, there's some people like I've known them for, I met them like shortly before the shoot and there's was people there that I've known my whole life. So it was a really, uh, it was a really awesome experience and it, it really lit the fire because when I started that project out, it was like, um, I'm either really going to hate it or I'm going to really love it. And there's so only one way to figure it out and that's do it. And, like I've like they say I drank the Kool Aid and now I'm just the guy that wants to tell stories and that's that's kind of where it's led me to this. That's awesome. That's actually an excellent transition because um, I was hoping you'd tell us a little bit uh, just for our, our listeners that assuming they haven't seen it yet, um, tell us a little bit about mm-hmm. uh, Morty and and what it was like working on that. Morty was a very okay. So uh, little backstory on Morty. Um, I've always had this very, uh, I've always had extreme anxiety when it came to talking about or dealing with death. Like Mm -hmm. I tried to avoid, uh, the conversation at every level. Like I didn't go to funerals. I wouldn't go. I I just, uh, I just, I, I, I try to block it out. Like I didn't, it didn't exist to me. And I think that probably comes from me not having, have had experienced a lot of close personal death, uh, in my life. But, uh, when my grandmother passed away, um, which was someone I was incredibly close with, um, and, you know, in, in her, uh, last wishes, she, you know, she wanted me to do her eulogy, which was probably the most difficult thing I've ever had to do in my life. Mm -hmm. Um, but when I got through that and I did it, I said, you know, I'm just going to tackle this. This fear is stupid. I'm just going to tackle it. And I'm going to do that by really um, throwing myself into the flames. So I got with uh, my uh, good friend, Brad, who co-wrote Belief, my short film that we did. And I said, you know, I want to do I want to do a series about a mortician that that talks to the dead as they cross over almost like this, this cosmic bartender. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's kind of like this, uh, there's kind of like this counseling session, um, that goes on between him, uh, and uh, the deceased. And we're able to tackle some really cool, um, not really cool, but like we were able to tackle some very heavy topics in, in a very creative way. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the episodes, the, the deceased is, uh, he committed suicide and you know, that that's a big epidemic right now. And Brad, who uh, was the writer of that episode, his father committed suicide when he was 14. So there was, it was interesting to see how he wrote it because I felt like he wrote it from the perspective of where maybe he thought his dad's headspace was when it happened. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's interesting because writing, believe it or not, whether you, write scripts or just but writing in general and flushing stuff out of your head that way it it, it can be a huge weight that comes off of you because i don't know you know up to this point like how much you know he's let that out or talked about it and it's like i've always had this rule like I, I will be there for anybody at any time, but I will never pressure them into talking something about they don't want to. Like, I'm always that person who's like, if you want to talk or you want to get it out. And, you know, I think I think he really um, took advantage of the opportunity because it probably allowed him 
to get out a lot of stuff um, from his own experience, you know? So, yeah, so we did this whole series. Uh, well, a whole series. There's four episodes that we're, we've yet to release. The fourth one's almost done in editing and we'll release it. The ear listers has really just dominated my whole life up to this <laughs> point. But the, the, the cool, the crazy thing is that we shot in real funeral homes that were operating and they're, those were not props behind us. They're actual cadavers. There's actually dead people surrounding us in these funeral homes as we shot. Oh, wow. So, so. Dedicated to realism. <laughs> was, Did you make them sign a release? Yeah, right. That was dark. You got no, that. Was dark. <laughs> no, don't do that. No, don't do that. So, like, there's. And so like, so we filmed at two different funeral homes and the first one we filmed at, everyone was super paranoid. Like some of the, some of the crew that worked on that project, it was like their first time working with me. Um, so all of a sudden it's like, Oh, here's the call time. Here's the location. And they pull up, it's a funeral home. And then like, Oh, we, we got there right after a funeral ended. So like there's uh. still the body from the wake that's in there. And it's just like, yeah, hey, I'm Mike. Uh, good to meet you. This is oh, so weird. And yeah, <laughs> yeah, and then there's just like dead. So like, there's all these different. Uh, there's all these different stories with the dead bodies. But like the first, the first funeral home we shot at, everyone's like, you know, it's the formaldehyde. It's it's really strong. Like I'm getting a headache, and I'm like, dude, it's all in your mind. We're fine. Yeah, like, yeah, it's. You're paranoid. It's you're paranoid. There's nothing going on. So like now we shot there for like 12. It was like a 12 hour shoot day. And at the end, uh, the funeral director, she comes in. She's like, man, that's the mill. It's oh, cr- I guess one of the tubes with the formaldehyde was leaking off the machine. Wow. Sorry, guys. I was yeah. like, yeah, I'm not, yeah, I was like, oh, there was I was like, you know, that's crazy. They, I, I just was telling them it was in their head, and they were like, "No, it was, it was leaking. It was, there was, it was a leak going leaking. on." And... It might be inside of you. We're yeah. really sorry. <laughs> yeah. Oh, jeez. Well, I guess, uh, I guess yeah, you hit the so... authentic. Uh, you know, you made it authentic, right? So that's yeah, good for sure. Yeah, definitely. Well, and so in in the in the last episode that's being that that will be releasing shortly. Like I said, we just have to tighten it up. The the really. I keep saying cool and it's not really the way I want to describe like how we talk about death and, but the, the experience of producing and making the project is I guess what was cool. And I have a very good friend, his name's Shane Morton. He's been doing horror and special effects for like 35 years. He does a bunch of stuff on like adult swim and he's, he's got just this huge credit with, and he has this huge, like 30,000 square foot, warehouse studio where he just does this whole crazy array of stuff and i went to him it was kind of last minute and i go to his studio and i'm like shane i need you man and he's like what do you need you know and i'm like this shoots on saturday i said we have it in the script where we're doing um uh basically where you drain all the blood out and fill them up like to preserve the body with the formaldehyde and everything so like I said, but I want to, I want to, I want to recreate it like real time. And so what, what we did was he came in and then the funeral director of the new funeral home that we shot at, she went through the process and like, we had like a, 
like a dummy chest where we could where we were able to like cut in and uh to the main um vein like that's right above your like uh your your collarbone Mm -hmm. and like the blood came pouring out of it they shoved the tube in we're showing it draining out and i mean like it was it was like the real deal like it was as authentic as it was going to get yeah wow wow (laughs) it's wild yeah that's uh, now you had mentioned uh, <laughs> you had mentioned in uh, just a little bit earlier uh, you were talking about e-listers. Uh, congratulations! I hear that is yes. about to release. Yes, so we the premiere is March twelfth. We'll do an, uh, a huge uh, red carpet uh, event on March the twelfth, and then it'll be available for digital purchase or rental on Amazon the the following day on the 13th after we do the premiere. Okay. That's perfect. Uh, now I watched the the trailer. It actually looks uh, uh, quite interesting. Maybe just to, uh, quickly for our, our viewers you can uh, or our listeners you can um, kind of sum it up for them. Yeah, absolutely. Uh the the story is about the interesting life of of what being a background actor is. Um, which is really like they're treated like third class citizens. They're treated like the the redheaded stepchild in the in the entertainment industry, um, and they're really not given any of the credit that is due. You know, they consider a moving wallpaper. You know, they they don't. They're just background music. You know, so it's like we we Edward Reed, who is the the writer and executive producer who stars in the film. He wrote this amazing script, where, you know, around this misfit band of uh, extras that kind of like they're they're rebelling against the system to to make it is what they would say in Hollywood to to make it, and we just have some really great standout characters. It's it's super funny. Um, there's definitely going to be some breakout roles for some of the talent that we had there uh, on the film. And, you know, the big thing is, is that it was filmed um, by Atlanta with Atlanta for Atlanta. So, and the reason I say that is because everyone has this conception that Atlanta is this huge uh, production city and the, the, the film industry is booming here, which it is, but there's a very distinct line between um, Hollywood and, and the indie market so um like you're like all the projects coming in here that are shot here um the above the line people like your directors your director of photography uh producers all those people that are essentially from the beginning through pre-production till the end of the film none of those roles are being hired by people in atlanta like Mm -hmm. they're bringing they're bringing those people in from la and new york same with your same with your leading roles for, for your casting, your supporting and leading roles. Like those are people being flown in. Yeah. So this was kind of like our big F you to those <laughs> yeah. uh, people <laughs> saying, look at like, we have the talent, we have the skills, we have everything. And we did it without anybody's, um, we didn't, we, we did it with nobody's help from outside of our own indie film community here. So Really cool. um, yeah, I, th- I think that really says something because it was a, it's, it was over 150 people took part in the making of this film. And I think that's just and we shot 77 pages in seven days and we did it for under twenty thousand dollars. And I just think that's 
it that speaks volumes in itself. And the the greatest thing about it is like nothing was sacrificed to do it at that level. Like none of the the quality wasn't sacrificed. Like when you watch this film, you're gonna be like they spent a boatload on it. Like where did they get the money for it? And yeah. essentially, we really didn't. Like because it looks that good. It's shot in 4K ultra um, high def, and yeah. we had six locations that we made look like 20 locations so it was like you know it really forces you to be creative and find ways to make it happen instead of oh we don't have the money for that we're just not going to do it like no find a way to do it make it happen yeah. that's amazing I mean, and just from your trailer alone i would have assumed you you spent like 10 to 20 percent of that budget right there <laughs> yeah so yeah it was really well done excellent thank you i appreciate it so uh, we're going to move over to our uh, our little segment here called uh, Rapid Fire Questions. And uh, for the listeners who are just joining us uh, today, this is where Matt will ask Mike uh, 20 quick questions. Um, and, Mike, you just have to give us the first thing that comes to mind. Oh, Lord. I'm nervous about this. Man. <laughs> Everybody gets like nervous. I don't, I don't know what to expect. No, it's not, it's not too bad. Yeah. It's just quick. Yep, yep. Day-to-day things that people would love to hear. Oh. All, All right. right, man. Let's give it a shot. I, 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 I'm ready when you guys are. All right. Question one. Favorite movie of all time? Breakfast Club. Favorite rock band of all time? Uh, Led Zeppelin. Favorite food? Pizza. Favorite book? I don't read books. <laughs> favorite Marvel <laughs> character? Wait, favorite what? Marvel character. I don't like Marvel movies. Favorite song from the past year? From the past year, I don't know. I don't. I don't know. <laughs> past year? Does it have to be current? Like well, a current yeah. song from the well, year? Or could yeah, it just be my, I, like favorite song. Something that you just over the oh, last you know what? year. I really like. Uh, yeah, well, well I, I like the the Ed Sheeran song. Uh, what is that about the body moving? Whatever that song is, I don't know the right name of it. But that that's that's been my jam for a minute. I, I know exactly. Okay. Yeah, no, I like that song too. Actually, yeah. uh, beer, scotch, or wine? It's so catchy. <laughs> uh, I do whiskey. I do actually Canadian whiskey. How about that? Uh, good Ooh. choice. That's all I drink. Crown yeah. Royal. Yes. Yeah. I'm a Crown Royal. Yeah. I have a. I have a. I, I've. I've been. Crown Royal, actually, when I was doing my party promotions in the nightclub days, because, like, I would DJ uh, on – I was a Friday night DJ in our club. We had about six to 700 people that came out, and uh, my birthday is in August. So Crown Royal actually sponsored uh, my birthday one year, and they gave me a Crown Royal Yeti cooler, and it's purple and yellow, and it has, like, the logo on it. It's, like, the – like, it's my most prized possession. <laughs> I don't even, like, go tailgating, but I'm like, I look for any excuse to pull out my Crown Royal Yeti cooler. That's awesome. Like, Is that a Yeti? Yeah, like, dude, I am, I, I've spent a lot of money with Crown Royal. I have every <laughs> single bag that I've ever drank since I was, like, 21. Like, I have all the bags. I have garbage bags full of the Crown Royal bags. Great for holding all those marbles. <laughs> yes. Yes. That's <laughs> sick. Sick. Um... Favorite DC character? Oh, okay. This is very specific, though. Okay. And it's the Michael Keaton Batman, and that's it. Excellent. That's a good choice. That's my favorite Batman, too. Me, too. Yeah. Uh, PC or Mac? There is no other Batman, and I will argue. I will argue with anybody any day of the week. There's only one Batman. Could be Robert Pattinson. That's right. That's right. We'll see. We'll see. PC or Mac? 
Oh, I'm a Mac guy. I, I have an Apple tattoo on my arm. Oh, nice. Yeah. iPhone or Android? Yeah. Obviously, iPhone. I would say if you don't have an iPhone. <laughs> yep. Yeah. We're, we're getting a cheese yeah. grater coming down there and taking that tattoo off. Put- yeah, I know. Yeah, right. <laughs> Poutine or fish and chips? Wait, what was the first one? Poutine or fish and chips? I don't know what the I don't know what the first one is, but oh, I don't need that is okay. a Canadian so, heritage. Poutine is French fries and gravy smothered like sorry, it's curd cheese and then smothered in gravy. So it melts it in. Oh yeah, I would take that any day. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it's right. funny all my American I, friends I say that. Yeah. <laughs> you had you you had me at like potatoes and gravy or French fries and gravy. <laughs> yep. Like because I don't I don't uh I don't eat I don't eat fish. So okay. Yeah, okay. Yep. French fries all day. That's yep. fair. Perfect. Uh, favorite make a camera. The, the, can I ask a follow up? <laughs> like for stills or for filming? For filming. Uh, uh, Sony. Okay. Um, I shoot with a Sony. I shoot Sony right now, so that's got to be my answer. Nice. If nice. you're hearing that, Sony. <laughs> <laughs> um, Metallica or ACDC? Metallica. Handshake or fist bump? I don't care. Either one. I, I, I watch this hand. Like, I, I, I meet a lot of people, so I always look to see what they're going in for us so I can make sure that they're not feeling awkward. Sweet. You know? So yeah. I look to see if they're, if they're coming in with the fist or they're coming in with the handshake because there's, there's, never, there's, no, there's nothing more awkward than being off-key in that moment. Totally. It's totally true. I've been like, there. I, I, I went to uh, shake Will Wheaton's hand, and he fist bumped me, and I was caught in that I, I don't know what's going on stage where you're half hand, half fist, and I was like, well, I was... That was really upsetting and lame. Or, you know, what's even more awkward is like if, you know, like sometimes depending upon the, the person and how well you know each other, like if they go for like the handshake and like the half a bro hug and you're yep. like, oh, and you weren't expecting the hug part and you're like, oh, and then you like you just give them like the elbow because you're not <laughs> able to like get your arm around because you were like super yeah. awkward. Yeah. Just elbow in the so face. <laughs> I try to read it out. I, I try. I try to anticipate the other person's movement. Um but, you know, that doesn't always work. That's either. a full-time job in this industry. <laughs> or like when you haven't yeah, seen your is, uncle in a while and then yeah. you go to give him a fist bump, but you're go- going to shake his hand and then like 30 minutes later you end up giving him a back massage. <laughs> what the hell, Matt? What? That's not... <laughs> no. No? no. That's not normal? <laughs> no. Oh, uh, me neither. That's... Uh, okay. Uh, where does wow, secret that talent... Was, wait, that, was, <laughs> that was... That was... That went downhill so quick. I don't know... <laughs> Wait, your uncle in the back. I just don't understand what's happening here. What are we, what are we talking about? Let's just forget about it and move on. Um, <laughs> what's your weirdest secret talent? Oh, my God. Weirdest secret talent? Yeah. Okay, here it is. You guys ready? Yep. I can eyeball the items in the shopping cart at the grocery store and be within $10 every single time of what the cost is without knowing the prices on anything. Amazing. That's absolutely amazing. We've never had that talent. Wow. So that's amazing. Yep. Name one uh, <laughs> pro- Name one producer or director you'd love to work with. Uh, David Fincher, without a doubt. All right. Have you ever peed on something public? Yes. Not a boy. Care to elaborate or just yes? <laughs> I, I mean, like, I, as a guy, I think it's like, hey, 
uh, <laughs> pull over. I got to pee like, on a road trip. You know, like yep. it's just like there's probably more times that I think as a guy, it's just like a privilege that we can do that. And it's not like we don't have to worry about it, like getting on our clothes it's or so some true. weird thing of like bending over. Like, I think we really we don't give that talent enough respect. I that think that's true. Go wherever we want. I'm with you. You yeah. know, I, so, I, I, road trips. I don't even think about it. I'm like, shit, I got to go in there. Yep. Yep. Road trips. I used to make a purpose of like trying to pee on as much as I possibly could and, or writing my name. Oh, you're marking <laughs> yeah. your territory. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You're marking your territory. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. No wolves coming in. Yeah. What is your worst fear? <laughs> death. I would say death. Yeah. yeah sure. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, boxers or briefs. <laughs> Uh, I definitely not boxers, but not briefs either. They're kind boxer of like briefs, like hybrid, in the middle. Nice. Yeah, like the, are we yeah, talking like, banana like hammock? Thong. Nice. All right, and question twenty: the favorite podcast you've been on in the last twelve hours? Oh yeah, the freaking awesome podcast. <laughs> hey, right on. <laughs> nice. So we have one more question for you, and uh, it is from uh, Sherry Oakley. Uh, she has okay. she has got the the question for you is when was the last time you cried? Oh, you know. Okay, I will tell you um, that I can vividly. Oh, I, dude, I'll be honest, man. I will be honest. Anytime I watch This Is Us, I, I wouldn't say yeah. it's like boohoo crying, but yeah. This Is Us has some of the most amazing writing, storytelling, and actor combinations brought together where it's like it just gets you in the feel. So I I can honestly stay here as a man and say that every time I watch that show, it it gets me choked up at some point. Yep, that's fair. That's good. That's excellent. Now, would you like to leave a, a question for our next guest? Oh, can I can can I have a background on the guest or you know like Ooh. anything that I uh, is that is that is, is that cheating is that cheating Well, well, I'm sure we can try to make something happen. Um, if you, <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, we 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 tried. I don't know. I think sometimes we've we've gone in blind with it, and sometimes we have. Uh, uh, we've just no. I got, people, I, got but, uh, I, I got one. I got one. I got one. I would love. I think this is something because I'm very like in the the, my, the marketing branding piece of my brain, yep. um, and especially the way all the 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 way content's being delivered now, and everything's more on a streaming platform. I would just love to find out the way the the person um, finds new shows or new movies, like outside of the typical. Like, how how do you? find the next binge show you're going to watch like okay, what, okay. that's a good one yeah, different... yeah yeah i'm really impressed with a lot of the questions and you could even yeah or you could even apply it to like music too it's like i mean how do you find out about new artists because like nobody like i don't listen to the radio at all like traditional radio mm-hmm. so it's like you know it how do you find new music to listen to is it like art is it based off of, hey, I was at a friend's house and they were playing this, or, you know, I was going through certain genres on Spotify or whatever. Like, I always ask that question to, to my friends because I'm like, 
plotting in the back of my head yeah, what I need to yeah. be doing with my content. You know what I mean? Yeah. You don't. You just you just listen to our show and uh, you listen to the guests that we have. There you and, go. Yeah, and you then you can just, there it is. Do what there we is. say. Right. There it is. <laughs> that, that's all you need. You just need to come onto the freaking awesome podcast and and then you'll you'll find out like hey you know tomorrow I'm going to listen to Biff naked and and. The next uh, week, I'll listen Maybe to my whole Miles life Goodwin. for this moment right here to have that answer. Now I know I have. <laughs> you to have look. clarity. I That's have right. To, I don't have to look any further. That's I don't right. Have to look any further. <laughs> That's the, right. The search ends today. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> just awesome. just go to our playlist and see who we've got, and and you're like, oh, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna go check out their music. You know, it's funny. Uh, I'm bringing up music actually. So I found a new music weekly. Mm-hmm. And it kind of what it does. This is Apple Music that I have it on. Yep. Um, but essentially, it kind of crams in a lot of the stuff that you like based on your 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 previous plays. Okay. And then it crams it into one. So I'm always getting every week. I get a fresh new um, new, track, new track. Yeah. And then I'll throw it on. And if I like it, you can go straight to the album. So that's actually how I find that's mine. Cool. I don't know if it's nope. Freaking awesome podcast. I'm gonna give you guys. I'll give. I'll, <laughs> I'm going to give you guys uh, 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 something to check out if, if you want to. So uh, a couple of years ago, I went out to San Diego for the Adobe Max conference, which is like their huge, their their yearly huge event where like people, Adobe users from all around the world, it's like thousands of them out there. Mm-hmm. And uh, I went out to San Diego for the event and I got an Airbnb. And when I got in there, they had like a, they had a computer and it was like just playing like this super low-key chill music and it was like it, it wasn't like anything like with lyrics or words in it so i'm like man what is it this? this is like no because this is like kind of puts you in a zen place or whatever so mm-hmm. it's called soma fm so um soma and fm if you go uh, they have a website and an app uh that you can use and they just have like they all the play all their playlists are titled like uh, they're like based on moods, right? Like what you uh, want to listen okay. to. Like, yeah, cool. so you, you could select the mood and then it just has like this great, just chill playlist. It's, it's, it's great, man. And I, I listened to it the whole time I was there. And I think I probably listened to it for like six months straight after leaving there. Cause I mean, is, they have like an endless thing of just all this great music. So that's definitely, if you're looking for something a little bit like, Hey, put it on in the background type thing. And eat like, it's it's dope. Perfect. Cool. I'll check that out. Yeah, I love I love uh, music, so I'll definitely Wonderful. check that out. Yeah. So this is uh, a little bit of time. If you want to uh, to pitch anything or uh, get uh, your social media out there for people, please uh, let us know. Yeah. So definitely, I want to encourage everyone if they haven't already to go and check out uh, the E-Listers um, trailer. We also have a little seven-minute sneak preview mm-hmm. at elistermovie.com. The movie's coming out uh, in March, and it'll be available on Amazon uh, after March 12th. Perfect. And for everything related to anything and all things that I'm doing, um, m3creative.net, uh, is my home base for literally everything. It has links out to all my social media, all the 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 different projects and, and stuff that I'm working on. Um, and that's really the best place. If someone, I always like to encourage too, like if people out there that are writers and they're looking, uh, we're, we're always taking submissions on scripts because like some, we, we, we just optioned like uh, three scripts from three different writers to put into production. Um, so we're always looking for, I I love finding new talent in the strangest places. So I always like to put that out there. Cool. 
Cool. cool. Yeah. Um, we've also, for our listeners, we've put them up on our, on our website under the guest section. Uh, so you can get to uh, Michael's uh, website and uh, you can also check out that trailer from there as well. Awesome. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for your time. Uh, we know you're quite busy and uh, we'll hopefully uh, circle around with you again and, and have you back on the show at some point. Oh, yeah. I'd love to, ha- I'd love to do it, guys. Wonderful. Well, thank you very much and have a great evening. All right. Ciao. Take See care. You, Mike. Bye. And now's a good time to plug our social media. Right. You can uh, find us on uh, Facebook. Is the Freaking Awesome Podcast. Uh, our, our own website. Is thefap.ca. On Twitter. Is the Fap 4 uh, Instagram. Is the Fap Podcast. And uh, drop us an email. Is the Fap Podcast at gmail.com. I'm on the air, we on the air, we got this pocket. Ah, uh, oh, not again. Wicked sweet. Eh. <laughs>